From WBOI Studios in Fort Wayne, this is the I an Immigrant, and I am Ahmed Abdelmajid. I am a Palestinian immigrant who has been donning the title of immigrant for the past 24 years of my life. I am interested in conversations around the immigrant experience, conversation that we seem to be not having or we seem to be not knowing how to have. For this podcast series, I'm hoping that we have conversations with different immigrants about all that it entails to be an immigrant. Hi, everybody. This is Ahmed Abdelmajid, host and creator of The I an Immigrant. And I'm Katie Anderson, and I help produce The I an Immigrant. We have a brand new episode for you today. And uh, this person's name is Francisco, and he's from Chile. And uh, Ahmed, he was just such a wonderful, sweet, lovely person. Just so much positivity. Well, Francisco was very easy to talk to. And um, the thing that stuck with me from our conversations is a theme of love. Um, I think it's love that brought him to the United States. Uh, He's passionate about the work that he does with the YMCA. He's passionate about uh, exposing people to his culture, whether family members or others. And um, just like you said, very positive, very nice person to speak with. Let's take a listen to your conversation with Francisco. Typically, I like to start the um, each episode with asking that when I, when I reached out to you to say, would you join us on the show, you had the option to say no, but you said yes. And so we're interested in why did you agree to be on our show today? I think it's always important for an immigrant to share his or her experience in a different country. And today is a United States, mm-hmm. and uh, there's always a lot of things that we need to leave behind to be in another place. And I think it's good that we can share those with others uh, so they can learn, can get inspired, can get educated about things that we go through. And most of the time they are good, but sometimes they are not good. Mm-hmm. And sometimes are just little things that you get impressed, that you get wonder, mm-hmm. uh, that you see for uh, for a first time. Fantastic. And that's exactly why we have this uh, show and why we have you and others on, on uh, our different uh, episodes. So... The uh, typical question we'll start with that everybody asks you when they hear your accent or is uh, where you're from. So can you tell us a little bit about where you're from and your journey to the United States? I'm from Chile, uh, all the way in South America. Uh I'm very bad on there, close to Argentina and Peru. I always have been involved with the YMCA since uh, I was 10 years old, being part of the YMCA in Valparaiso, Chile. Okay. I was volunteer with them. Um, then I started working part-time and then full-time. And the YMCA in, in Chile is very international, very open to mm. other cultures. We always have people there doing um, exchange for three, um, ten months from Germany, from United States, mm. from other countries in South America. So I always was in contact with people from other countries. At some point, the YMCA have started having partnership with um, a YMCA in Valparaiso, Indiana. Huh. So Valparaiso, <laughs> Chile to Valparaiso, Indiana. Exactly. Okay. And there is a Valparaiso University in Chile, and there is a Valparaiso University in Indiana. Okay. So we start receiving uh, students. A college student from Valparaiso, Indiana, Mm -hmm. who they were studying either social work or Spanish, and they went to Valparaiso, Chile, to do an exchange for three months to practice the language, to Mm -hmm. do social work. So one of these time, I met a a girl, which is now is my wife, (laughs) and um, she came back to Indiana, finished her last semester, and then went back to Chile. And she was there for about a year and a half. Mm-hmm. But during that time, our relationship became more formal. And at some point, we had to say, where are we going to live? Okay. So she was there for about two years. And I thought I should, you know, be fair and at least try uh, and, and be in United States. 
the hard part was I didn't know the English because South America, all the way south, why to learn the English? It's like here. Why to learn why Spanish? Why to learn English? Yeah. Okay. Can when you, you are surrounded with in countries that just speak Spanish, uh-huh. why you need to learn English? It's not a way that you will use it. Uh-huh. Uh Beside our business. Okay. So I didn't know the English, and she said, "I at some point I would like to be back in my country." Because uh, her family is small, mom and dad and her sister. Mm-hmm. Me, I have five siblings, mom and dad, a lot of nephews and nieces. So I thought I just need to be fair and at least try maybe three, five years. Okay. So when that happened, I said, what can I do in Fort Wayne, Indiana? And she said, well, there is a YMCA. Mm-hmm. When she said there is a YMCA, I said, well, yeah, there is something <laughs> I can do there. So that was the Jorgensen YMCA in the southwest part of the city. Uh-huh. And, um, and that's how I came here. Um, I um, went to, came here first for two weeks just to see things. I came in May and I just, the second oh, day okay. I want to go back. She, she tricked you. She brought you in the nice weather. Yeah, <laughs> but it's still in May. There was some day that was so good and beautiful. Another day that um, the car was parking on, on, on the driveway and it was all uh, frozen. You had to <laughs> use the uh, some tool to get the, the, the ice uh-huh. out of the windshield. So with that, I, I didn't see that much in my city. You see that in Chile, but south uh-huh. is close to the Antarctica. So, but uh, again, they were very welcoming. They were... Um, uh, arm opens for for me and um i i thought that i i, sh- I should try it at least three five years it had been 12 years today uh mm-hmm. february 12th i mean 12 years i have me i came here so so uh, you moved to the u.s 12 years ago yes following your heart mm-hmm. and you said english was not much of a language that you knew before. So how was the transition to the United States? How did you learn to speak English well? When you come to United States, I think a lot of people come with the idea of being successful mm-hmm. in different ways. Um, working hard and saving money to help their families and think about the future. Mm-hmm. Um, educate get a better degree and go back to their country and have a better job or just being successful in the community by working with people and doing things to help the community uh, to think different, to do things different. So in my case, I knew that if I do not learn English, Mm -hmm. I will be uh, limited. Mm -hmm. So I didn't want that. The hard thing was to find a place where you can learn English uh, that will be willing to teach you. And unfortunately, there is not many places Hmm. until today. Like those places that they are good. I think community colleges have English as second language courses and things like that. So that wasn't available 12 years ago? or It was, but uh, for that you had to pay. Okay. So when you know the le- when you don't know the language mm-hmm. and you don't have a job, how you will pay that? Uh-huh. Unfortunately, my family was able to pay for that, and I had some saving. I was in my fourth year of law when I came here in Chile. So you were studying law in Chile. Yes. Okay, fourth year, and then you came here. Uh huh. Okay. Besides working at the YMCA, so when I came here, um, I couldn't go right away to college, community college, mm-hmm. because my level was, I didn't have any level. <laughs> it English was like level, okay. minus zero. Wow. So I started uh, having like one-on-one classes uh, where we paid somebody to teach me. Okay. But those teachers, oh, they always were speaking different language. Sometimes they didn't know even like um, uh, were from from United States. They're coming from another country and they do this as a business Uh so i was having a tutor and and paying and going to classes um because i went through other places like run by government agencies but they ask you for your numbers your social security Uh some sort of sort and i didn't have anything with me at that time 
because I was in my process to become something. Gotcha. Uh, to send today, I am a citizen. Uh -huh. But at some point, I was uh, what they call aliens. Okay, so you're going through the process of getting your citizenship, uh -huh. right? So I failed the the Michigan test, which is the test that by then IPW asked you to take in order to start your classes. Okay. Um, so I went to Ivy Tech, and then I started taking no even college English because my level was very low. Okay, so, so you I started with real basic English? And then taking uh, a college level English at Ivy Tech before I could be in a college level English mm -hmm. in IPW. Oh, wow. Okay. But I learned eventually, little by little. Uh -huh. I, I, I remember I was in, in class and I had 10 minutes of spam to attention and then I start seeing flies around. <laughs> and then 15 and then 30, at some point 45, and I would feel, you know, proud. When I got home, I record my, my classes uh -huh. and then at home listen to what the, the teacher was saying and write it down and try to understand and so I can learn. Mm -hmm. um, I went for a Spanish uh, degree because I thought I could teach Spanish. Uh -huh. And a plus that was the fastest thing to do. So I applied for those Spanish tests. I skipped about two semesters. And then um, I was in IPW for about three and a half uh, years taking classes during the summer mm -hmm. because I want to graduate. I want to do something. If you want to have a good job, you need to have a degree. Yeah. If you don't have a degree, then you will do um, very basic job, mm -hmm. which the payment is quite different if you have a college degree. Yeah. So with that, I, I graduate in 2011. At the same time, the same month in May, I become American citizens wow. because the same thing, you don't want to stopped by the police and uh, they never have asked me my immigration status but uh, you get scared yeah and sometimes things come harder when um, you are no citizen so I didn't want that for me or either for my children or my family so as soon as I can I uh, apply for a citizenship and uh, I got my citizenship in in May and I graduated in May 2011 oh, as well. Both uh, great great events at the same time. Nice. So were you married at the time you came to the U.S.? Um, we married here. You married here? Yes. Okay. In the in, in, in United States. And I came as a tourist. Okay. Uh, but the first time I came and then went back. And then I came back, I don't know, like three, four months later again as a tourist uh -huh. and then in the meantime we married in the meantime right? I'm, I'm just wondering i mean you were so close to finishing a law degree in in chile and then the struggle of learning a whole new language a whole new culture i mean you could have at any point just said you know what i this is way too much i want to go back to chile I mean, you already speak you could have said to your wife you already speak spanish well enough you can come and we'll just visit to the what made you overcome all of that and stay here? I think just to show my family that I could do more. Uh-huh. Uh, show my friends that I could do more. Just stick for three, five years and then see what is come next. Mm -hmm. But so many good things come after those three, five years that then I don't want to go back. <laughs> <laughs> so, so what do you do now? Can you tell us a little bit about the work that you do? currently so once i i i graduated from ipfw i was going to the school during the day and i was working during the night in third shift i was working at for wayne metals okay a great beautiful company amazing people <clears throat> and i work with them because they allow you to go to college and they pay pretty much third part of your tuition oh wow if you work with them full time that's fantastic and um, by that time, it was hard to get into for one metal too because all the tests were in English. Mm -hmm. Now they are in Spanish too. Oh, really? Okay. So 
I that's good because I talked to them. If this test will be in Spanish, it will be easy for me to pass the test. Mm-hmm. Now the tests are in Spanish, and I think not in another language as well. So when I graduate, I had the opportunity to keep uh, working with for one medals or going to get my certification to teach Spanish mm-hmm. and be a Spanish teacher at high schools. But the YMCA have an opening and they want me to help with youth programs. So I started being a youth and family director at the Jorgensen YMCA. Okay. So I started with the YMCA by 2007 and I've been living with them since then uh, doing different things. I was in Jorgensen branch for about three years they moved to Central Branch because they want to make the Central Branch more family-oriented. Mm-hmm. So I started different programs for children, youth, and families. And um, now, currently, I'm working for, uh, for the last two years at the Metro Office of the YMCA, helping with global and community engagement. So that global and community engagement from the YMCA, I mean, there's the YMCA perspective. Why are they doing that? And But also there's your perspective. Why are you engaged in that? I know that, you know, we've chatted in the past that you've taken trips with um, younger adults and, you know, high school students and younger adults to Chile and different parts of the world doing some service in communities. Um, so maybe a little bit about why the MC- YMCA is interested in that, but more on why are you involved in that and what, what do you see the benefit of that to you or others? The YMCA, how people understand the YMCA, uh, most of the time they see, you ask what is the YMCA, they will tell you, oh, the, y- the gym mm-hmm. or the swimming pool or the camp. But the YMCA is, is way more than that. Mm-hmm. The YMCA is about mission. It's a Christian organization. The YMCA is an international organization. 119 countries have YMCA. Wow. The YMCA is about the community. The YMCA is about youth. The YMCA is about volunteers. Mm-hmm. The YMCA started in 1844 in England mm. in a room like this where eight, 12 young adults. The oldest one didn't have more than 22 years old. And they get together to pray, to uh, worship, um, to read the Bible. Mm-hmm. Because by that time, 1844, there was the question about the Industrial Revolution. And a lot of youth were taking the wrong path because they came to Lond- London to look for a job and was everything but not a job. Mm-hmm. Um, everyone was immigrating to London, so it was no housing where you can live. There was no job, so a lot of people were losing face. So okay. there was different group that would start wondering about those souls that they won't get lost, mm. how we can bring them to God. So among all those group, uh, they got together and they decided to create the Young Men Christian Association, mm-hmm. 1844. And then the idea is spread out through the rest of the world in Europe first, France, Germany, until they came the idea of the YMCA because the YMCA is not a building as we see the pool and, and the camp and mm-hmm. um, the gym. It's just a, an ideal. So uh, a sailor uh, that was being an, in, in Europe brought the idea to Boston in Massachusetts. Mm-hmm. And he started the first YMCA in a building that was run by a church. Today there's a lot of church running at the YMCA places. Yeah. But that's how it started the YMCA in the United States. And then we, the, 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 the Americans, started the idea of if we emphasize the spiritual part, the soul, we also need to emphasize the health mm-hmm. and the mind. So they create a triangle that mm-hmm. they said uh, an integral person should develop the mind, the health, and the spirit in the same uh, body, eh, in the same aspect. In the same, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, when the YMCA start, it was not about the building, it was not about the physical, but it was about the spiritual. Mm-hmm. So why the YMCA do the community engagement? Because part of our identity is part of how we star how we were born mm-hmm. so 
doing the community engagement, we are an organization that are for the community. And we want the community to be more involved okay. with us. And we want how we can support our community more. And if you see the the survey in the in the next 10, 20 years, our community are changing. Mm. So if we want to keep relevant as an organization, we need to change as well. We need to be adapt. So, so you're saying from a demographic standpoint. We're, exactly. Okay. And we so. are not serving just white population uh -huh. anymore. The white population from uh, 1960, it was 85% of the country. Uh -huh. The statistics say that for 2050, it will be about close to 50%. Yeah, it will be minority majority in exactly. the United States. Yeah. So we need to be uh, relevant uh -huh. and we need to modify our programs if you want to serve the Latino, if you want to serve the Asian community, if you want to serve the African-American community more effectively, we need to start changing the way that we are doing things now. So when those changes come, we will be ready and we'll be there for our community. So what interests you personally in that work? Why are you involved in that work? Because I am a product of the YMCA. Okay. When I was 10 years old in Chile, I said, why the YMCA focus on youth development? Mm -hmm. When my parents were working and I could go to a place where I feel safe and nurture and people were take care of me. With me paying a single... Young male. So I said, where did this coming from? And I saw that just that by that time in the 80s, 90s, the YMCA was receiving support from YMCA in United States, like Valparaiso, Indiana. Mm -hmm. So at some point I said, it's part of my duty to now help and give a hand back to the community mm -hmm. in any way I can. It, don't have to be, it doesn't have to be just helping the youth but also helping the immigrants, helping the refugees, helping the community in general. So how how do you... Okay, there's a couple of questions in there. Okay. Um, you, you mentioned the, you know, the, the, the faith aspect of the YMCA. And, you know, as a member of the YMCA myself and, you know, coaching soccer teams and things for my kids and, and others, uh, it, you can see the Christian influence, but it's also, you know, very open and welcoming uh, to all faiths and all walks of life uh, for folks, which I think, uh, for me at least personally, uh, um, religion is best taught through interaction and through service. Uh, so my question to you is, is, is your involvement or is about your faith uh, in particular? the faith that you've practiced in Chile, um, I'm assuming you're a Christian, is that? Yes. So has your Christianity uh, changed, evolved? Uh, how did your Christianity, because it seems to be a, a big part of your life yeah. in, in particular, uh, how is it um, in Chile versus the United States? Yeah. Um, Definitely my, my Christianity shaped the, the, the person that I'm today and that evolved through the YMCA. Okay. I, I was raised as Catholic. Uh -huh. I, went through, I went to a Catholic school all my elementary and middle school. Mm -hmm. So if you ask me, I'm a Catholic. Here I go to a non Christian non-denomination church. I go to Emmanuel in Southwest. Okay. Uh, the reason that I go to that church, uh, well, there are different reasons, but the main one, when I came here and I want to go to a Catholic church, it was hard, always hard to understand. Oh, okay. Because of the sound, because of the of the press, priest. So by not knowing the language really well and then have a hard, hard time understanding, I said, let's go to a different place where we can understand better. So it happened at that time that Emmanuel was running a... Uh, uh, having open soccer nights uh -huh. and I love to play soccer. So I went there 
and a friend invited me to play soccer. And then I said to Julie, my wife, why we shouldn't go and try there in that church? They, you know, I go and play soccer, I have friends, and that's how I started going there. But um, so my face being raised on the Catholic background and then being inside the YMCA. The YMCA is a Christian, but it's ecumenical. Mm-hmm. There, there's no uh, uh, predominant uh, religion at the YMCA. As long as you, you, you are a Christian, they, they welcome you. Mm-hmm. And they, if you are not Christian, they welcome you as well. Mm-hmm. The difference is, at least in Chile and in, in other countries, is if you want to be a leader of the YMCA, you need to declare yourself as, as a Christian. Christian. Okay. But if you just want to go and play soccer or basketball, you want to just swim, mm-hmm. you are welcome. Yeah. In here, it's a little bit different. The YMCA in the United States is Christian as well, but there are YMCA that put emphasis on Christian, on the on Christian mission, and other YMCA that don't put that on the table at all. Mm-hmm. So, and there are other ones that are really Christian base. And, and with that, they do different things and they sometimes just become just like a church. So with that, at the YMCA in our uh, Greater Fort Wayne Association, uh, the YMCA is open to everybody. Yep. You don't need to be Christian to be part of the YMCA. How we want to is teach by the example. Mm-hmm. We we work with everybody. We welcome everyone at the YMCA because we know that the, if you are at the, at the YMCA, uh, you will become a better person just because the interaction that you will find in the YMCA. I see. But here in the United States, you go to another non-denominational church, and what brought you in is soccer, which goes to my point that soccer is the biggest religion in the whole entire world, right? Yes, it is. (laughs) Thinking a little more uh, about your experience, I mean, I'm glad that you have a job that doesn't feel like a job. It interacts and uh, integrates with a lot of your aspects of your life. And, and that's fantastic. Uh, but we're going to shift gears a little bit to talk a little more about the, the personal stuff. So <clears throat> I'm thinking um, you have children? Yes, two. You have two? Jasmine, today she is uh, nine years old. Oh, happy birthday, and Jasmine. Francisco is uh, six. He will be seven in May. Francisco Jr. All right. <laughs> you, when it comes to raising your children... Are you raising them as Chilean? Are you raising them as American? What parts of your culture and your upbringing uh, do you see wanting to instill in your children? Or um, what kind of feeling do you have towards maybe them not experiencing it as you have growing up? I try to raise them as a Chilean-American or American-Chilean. Okay. It's the same thing when I, we were before married, there was a lot of question, not by my wife, but my wife, parents. Like, uh-huh. how you will do, you are Catholic, and my girl is Christian, how you will deal with that? I said, I never will stop believing in the, in, in the virgin. You know, mm-hmm. Mary is a virgin for me, and I will live in that and in the same. But we don't have to talk about those things, because those things will divide us. Let's talk about things that unite us. So the same thing with my kid. I want to teach them everything about the Hispanic culture, not just Chile. So the first language that they learned when when they were born was Spanish. Now that has become like a second language because they speak way more English. Uh-huh. But if you speak with them in Spanish, they will speak back to you in Spanish. If you speak to them in English, they will do the same. At some point, they become sometimes shy. Mm-hmm. of the language and they don't want to talk about it because uh, their friends make fun of them. Why you are talking that weird thing? <laughs> Kids don't understand, right? So I tell them, you have a superpower mm-hmm. because you can connect with other people that nobody else can connect if they don't know that language. So then you see they open, come eyes come big. <laughs> <laughs> and And that's good. And just like the language, you need to teach other things, like the dance. 
Mm. In Chile, we have a national dance. It's called the Cueca. Both of my kids know how to dance that. And during the International Village in Fort Wayne, mm -hmm. I purposely signed that. I just received the invitation like two days ago. I think I was the first one to sign <laughs> for that. For It, for you to do the dance or for your kids to do the dance? All of us. Oh, yes. We're going to have like a video a of that on our website. <laughs> yeah, we do like a family because yeah. I want that they feel proud of that. And, and and you need to work hard. It's not easy. Why is that important to you? Why why do you feel that they need to know that? I mean, they're born and raised here, so why is it important for them to understand their Chilean heritage or appreciate it? Yeah, that that's a great question. I think is because I I want that they understand that they belong to a global world word uh -huh. uh, they belong to a global community <clears throat> by having a parents uh, from different country i think they need to learn extra they need to do extra okay uh, they are not like the normal kid and i know that's no that was not their choice uh -huh. but that's how they come and i think they will have to take that for the rest of their life for good or bad But when they go to Chile, they spend a great time with their Chilean family. And they are able to talk and eat and do all those things that Chilean do. And they enjoy that. Mm -hmm. So I want that they could do whatever they want. Um, and I want to, and I need to start teaching and training them now when they are little. And the same thing in here. I want to they get everything about the American culture and they feel proud of that, and they feel as, as proud of the Chilean or Hispanic culture. And I see some friends that they don't do that, and sometimes I think, I hope I will not be mistaken, because you just want to teach them what you believe is right, but there are so many people that do differently. Mm -hmm. I have a lot of friends that say, no, I don't teach anything, related with Spanish because I don't want that they will fail or they will be discriminated or they when you talk another language at home at school even they they ask you and they take you out of the room and they test you because they think that by talking another language at home that could you, put you that your English comprehension behind is, is, yeah so my daughter she is very shy Mm -hmm. And she, whenever somebody come and talk, take her out of the room, she feel like I did something wrong or I'm mm -hmm. in trouble or whatever. So it's it's hard for her to that happen. However, both of them went through that process and they are never have any challenge in learning English by the fact that they will have to learn Spanish mm -hmm. at the same time. But yeah, some of my friends, they don't want the kid had to have anything so, related to date. So you feel that if they're going to face that challenge anyways of being looked at differently, that you want to teach them to be proud of their difference rather than try and just hide it and fit in and lose that part of their exactly. identity. Yes. And again, I don't know that... I think time will 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 say it was good or not. And maybe the, this your children too. I think when they come older and mature, uh, they will say yes or no. Yeah. But um, they'll make their own choices. Yeah. 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 Uh, at this point, I think I'm doing what I think is best for them and best for us. I think that's that's what parenting is in general. We just yeah. <laughs> hope for the best. We do. We hope we don't screw them up in the process. Yes. <laughs> Um, how do you identify yourself? Uh, regarding your your own, are you in in public? Are you Chilean? Are you Chilean American? Are you American Chilean? Are you none of that? You're just a good Catholic. And how yeah. do you? What part of you do you identify with the most, or how do you introduce yourself to others? Yeah. I I I you know never never had to. Uh, introduce me that way um, because what I always look for others is you know just seeing the person 
without all the, the, the backpack that that person mm-hmm. could have. So when I introduce myself, I say, you know, Francisco Townsend. And they see me and they see I look like Hispanic. Why you had the Townsend last name? <laughs> People don't act, don't act that, you know. Uh-huh. But that's another story. But yeah, I introduce myself as Francisco Townsend as, as the conversation is going, then I keep giving more information. I teach um, a lot of diversity and inclusion mm-hmm. um, classes uh, through the YMCA and also we have done that also through the community. I teach cultural awareness and and cultural lenses. And when you teach those, you you learn to just love the people by just being that specific person. Doesn't matter if it's white or black, if tall or short, uh, race, ethnicity, nothing. You just love the person mm-hmm. and for me if i had to identify i would say that I'm, I'm chilean american or american chilean and i love that i i think i got a lot of w- more information now coming to this country mm-hmm. that i will have if just i will be in chile i think the more that you spread yourself the more that you will learn and the more that you can give Mm-hmm. Do you think about one day moving back to Chile? Yeah, at some point I, I would like to. I think I love everything about for Wayne, but not the winter. <laughs> <laughs> so at some point, yeah, but I, I think I need to still keep working hard. So one day I can go back home. And Does that give you a sense of excitement that I'm, you know, I'm going to be doing this for a while and then go home? Or does that give you a sense of stress like some people i know that we talk to it's like yeah i just got to get through the next few years and then go make my way back home and it's 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 almost like a, a burden in yeah. a sense but you talk about it in a little more excited way so yeah i think i think you as an immigrant um you all have to have dreams uh-huh. you have to have goal so you are awake and alive mm-hmm. um but no i i have goal and i had dreams but I want to enjoy what I'm doing now. I'm raising my kid, my family, I'm in a great part of a great organization, a great community. Mm-hmm. So I want to enjoy every single thing that is happening every single day. And then um, when time comes, and I hope I go home later when I'm retired, but if I need to go home tomorrow, I want to enjoy every single thing that I did until today here. Very nice. So I mean, you you love Chile, and and, and um, hopefully one day you're thinking that mm-hmm. you want to uh, make your way back there. What um, what do you miss about the Chilean culture the most that you you know don't experience here or or wish that you had here? What I experience I miss the most from maybe not just from the Chilean culture, but from the Spanish culture, because the more that you're immersed in the American culture you start getting blend. You start, you know, be doing the same thing. It's usually, it's always the, the greeting part. Mm. The, the handshake, the hug. Like yeah. this morning when you saw me a hug, I, I missed that. Uh-huh. Because that, I was doing that for 26 years. Mm. And at some point you don't have that anymore. And people, he's afraid of that. Uh, or the kissing on the cheek. Right. <laughs> the culture. They they don't do that anymore. <laughs> Even with my kid, I do I kiss them to bed at home. I you know, I every day. Uh-huh. Um I uh, they they like the cookie master, I'm the the kiss master. <laughs> they run around the house. Even the dog, you know, nobody <laughs> run away. But um when we are in public, they don't they don't like that. Yeah. But I do service trip uh, with the YMCA because the best way for you to get immersed in the culture, if you are not doing it with the with the multicultural uh, culture that are in your country, in your community, is to travel abroad. So with the YMCA, we travel and we travel a lot. Mm-hmm. We go to Chile twice a year in service trip. We go to Germany uh, during the summer. And Chile also we go during the summer, day summer, like Chilean summer or Hispanic summer. Uh, to Germany, we go in June, uh, so it's our summer, they summer there too. And also we go to Peru. We take uh, doctors and nurses from Parview and we do 
medical health campaign in Peru mm -hmm. for 10 days in very remote areas where nobody goes and for them it's really hard to get to the health uh, attention. Mm -hmm. So these service trips are open to every, everybody. And every time I bring people to this culture, Hispanic culture, German not much, but the YMCA is good. <laughs> they hug you, they greet you, Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter how many times they see you, every time they hug you and kiss you. And that's great. And people love that. The American that go there, when they come back, they miss that. It's the personal space. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. I miss that a lot. Yeah. I also I miss the food. Uh, the food, um, the Spanish food I miss. Because, we, you know, when you go to a Mexican restaurant and people say, oh, yeah, every, this is uh, <laughs> everybody is Mexican, you know, right? Like we say, hey. Everybody like look Asian is China from China, mm. but it's not that way. So I I I uh, miss that too, and I I love to cook, but I don't cook that often. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, so I don't have the time to uh, cook the Chilean meal or Hispanic meal often. I want so when I go back to to Chile, I eat a lot of food and eat a lot of eat a lot of bread and those things nice do you in the way that you were talking about the chilean and then the overall cult culture you referred to spanish or hispanic uh with other interviewees they referred to themselves as latino is there a difference between latino and hispanic the difference between hispanic and latino and why uh do you see yourself or do you present yourself more in the hispanic sense that makes sense yeah i think um i talk more about hispanic because it's what we are used to here in america okay in in north america we said we say more hispanic than latino mm. and also for it's a it's a classification that is always hard to fit because if you said hispanic are all the country that speak spanish uh -huh. yeah that could be but latino what define you as a Latino? Is a geographic zone? If that will be the case, Latino will be everyone from South America and Caribe. But how about Spain? Mm -hmm. That's all the way there, but also they have a lot of Latino or other countries that also speak Spanish and then in different geographic areas like Philippines. So mm. I think the classification part is always hard to make everybody and everything fit sure. in because there are so many things that will take people in or take people out mm -hmm. but uh it sounds like a hispanic in the united states is a good classification it's more comprehensive yeah. you feel like okay. with everything that hispanic bring it bring uh, music it bring food it bring language it bring dance and mm -hmm. so on do you feel frustrated sometimes by being looked at a certain way or painted with a broad brush stroke that you know you, you you're darker skin you have an accent oh he's mexican i mean no, there's obviously nothing wrong with being mexican beautiful culture beautiful people but you're not and so do you feel that that uh, how, how do you react to that when people just subcategorize you even yeah. within the category yeah. that you're in and they do that yeah. the wrong way you know i always um I think my, my life, and I, I try that, I, I work hard for that, I try to be more positive, mm -hmm. more optimistic. So whatever people sometimes say or don't say or do or not do, I just toggle, take it simple. I okay. take easily. So if somebody mistakenly says something, I, I'm okay with I You don't assume that no, it's coming from a wrong no. place or a bad place. Even at, at the, uh, when I uh, I am in downtown and, and at the branches, people think I am from India. Or <laughs> people think I'm from Pakistan. Yeah. yeah. And they never think I'm from Chile, from Chile. Uh, they will say that I'm any place but no Mexico. And like you said, it's a beautiful culture in uh, India and Pakistan and every place it's beautiful so whatever place they want to put me in i'm happy with <laughs> i i never feel down because of any type of classification or because no. you mean you you take it as 
Okay, it's an opportunity to talk a little more and talk about Chile. Exactly. You don't you don't take it as, oh my God, what's wrong with you? You can't tell where yeah, I'm from. No. You know, it's, I think I think yeah, I take it like an opportunity to learn, to engage, to serve, to help, to know each other. Yes, yeah. And and that engagement that you do on the personal and then your professional level, there's that sense of excitement and sense of fulfillment that you're doing something that you know uh, is worthwhile in your opinion but i wonder is it also exhausting do you do you get tired sometimes of just you know i just i just want to be i don't want to you know keep explaining that i'm from chile or you know d differentiate my culture from others or you know, feel like, um, w especially with, with the um, national discussion right now about immigrants, uh, regardless of where they're from, uh, and some of the political ramifications that we're seeing from these conversations, um, does, does that take a toll on you? And how do you deal with that? Yeah, all the issues that are going on in the country right now, I, I feel sad, but they don't take me down. I don't feel like... I'm tired. I know that whatever you are, you had to pay a price for that. And where wherever you are, like as a person, or wherever you are in a physical place, you had to pay a price. Is is how is that? Can you explain that to me? If if I live in United States, and if I am Francisco Townsend, Hispanic, Catholic, that bring good thing and bad thing. Mm. So wherever I am, I need to accept that. And if I don't want to, I think I had three options. Mm -hmm. One, forget about it. Mm -hmm. Because that's all will be there. Second, try to change it. Mm -hmm. Try to change it because that's not the one, the thing that I want to be perceived or that is not the place where I want to be. So I need to do something and change it. And the third is um, just deal with it. Deal with it. And um, so on, on, my, on my personal experience, everything that happens, I, I see through that lens. Can I change this? Is bother me? Could do I do something? So for all the issues that happen today in the country, I know you always can do things, mm -hmm. but what are the best and more effective channels? Mm -hmm. A lot of people like to do things on Facebook and social media. That thing, to me, it doesn't do anything. Mm -hmm. People just get more angry and more um, apart. Um, it's the same thing, with I think, with Christianity. If you are talking to somebody about Christ and why he's this and that or, or why he's not the divine, it's, I think it's, it's not a waste of time, but I don't know if the more effective way to try to explain things. Mm -hmm. I think if you do through the example, I think it's better. People will, will understand uh, because a lot of time people know that you know a lot but if you don't care about them they care less about what you know so yes. when they know that you care then you can start making an impact on them mm -hmm. and then you can make bring them to your side also they could bring you to their side right? <laughs> yeah um so with all the things that are going on today in the country i just take it, think about it, and see what I can do in order to stay positive and, and be positive, and what are my area of influence, uh, of actions, but um, it had to be one thing at a time. Um, we can't change everything that is so crazy mm -hmm. uh, on, on, on one heartbeat is it requires more than that but what helped me always is 
being together with with my friends mm-hmm. uh, from the Hispanic culture, from the global culture, that you know think the same like I am, uh, do the same things. We support each other. We talk, and that helped me and and made me love where I am doing and where I am and other things that may come. So it it sounds like the most important thing for from your experience is to be comfortable with who you are as a person. Yes. And that comfort then when you engage others shines through and it becomes an, a way to open and have conversations. Mm-hmm. That's fantastic. That's great. Um, we like to wrap up the episode with leaving it to you to share anything that you'd like to share or say to our listeners about um, how to have the conversation about our differences or how to engage each other in conversations. Uh, the thing that we keep repeating in this show is that we seem as a, as a, as a society to, we seem to have lost the art of conversation that we don't know how to ask a question without worrying about coming across as offensive or being offensive. And then from the receiving side, uh, you know, a lot of times, how do we answer questions uh, without being defensive about, you know, who we are, what we are and things like that. So what would you like to share, whether with the majority Mm -hmm. or the minority groups and immigrant Mm -hmm. groups? Yeah. At the YMCA, we, we say that our job is to love, care, and serve mm-hmm. people. That is love, care, and serve people. And I think I made that my motto in my personal life. Just love, serve, and care for people. The I and Immigrant is a production of WBOI Studios in Fort Wayne and was created by Ahmed Abdelmajid. Subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcasts and keep these conversations going. You can find us on Facebook or visit theiandimmigrant.com to see additional content and pictures of this season's guests. Today's interview was produced by me, Katie Anderson, and edited by Monica Blankenship. Thanks for listening. From WBOI, Fort Wayne.